It's time to get mental. And now here's your host, Cecile Aarons. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Good morning. This is Get Mental Radio. My name is Cecile Aarons, your host, also owner of Transcend Therapy, which is a private practice in San Diego, California, where we provide individual couples and family counseling. Visit us at TranscendTherapyCA.com, TranscendTherapyCA.com for more information. To those of you new to the show, Get Mental is all about raising mental health awareness, destigmatizing mental health, normalizing these conversations, and simplifying the language around mental health. And so in that spirit, I am so incredibly excited and honored um, to have our guest today, Miss Jamie Sorensen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And the reason I'm so excited, you guys, is because we're going to talk about one of the things that I think really requires a lot of spotlight, a lot of education, a lot of demystifying, which is psychotropic medications, okay? Also known as psych meds or psychiatric meds. These are the medications that are prescribed to people with mental health issues, specifically mental health diagnoses. Sure. So um, I just want to do a little introduction of our wonderful guest. She has a super long bio because she's that accomplished, but I'm just going to give you guys the highlights. So Jamie is from San Diego, California. She uh, enlisted in the Navy in 1995 and commissioned through the Medical Enlisted Commissionary Program. She spent her first year of nursing as an oncology nurse and second year as a post-surgical nurse. She then deployed to Guantanamo Bay in Cuba to provide treatment to detainees, something you and I have in common as far as detainee work. Uh Upon returning to Naval uh, Medical Center, she requested to work in inpatient mental health wards. God bless you. (laughs) Not everybody signs up for that. Where she worked on the detoxification unit, the acutely mentally ill unit, and served as the assistant division officer. So fast forward to today, uh, Jamie is retired, Mm -hmm. um, and she has opened her own practice in Coronado, I believe, right? I'm so excited that she's doing that um, because she recognizes the importance of having um, quality patient care, especially when it comes to the um, prescription of psychotropic medications. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Jamie. Well, again, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. And uh, also, too, probably most of my business is through telemedicine throughout the whole entire state of California. Oh, wow. Because there's like many counties where there's a whole county outage of mental health providers. Right. So it's not just... Um, it's not just face-to-face. It's just face. not face-to-face. It's primarily actually telemedicine throughout the state. Okay. Yeah. For those uh, of our listeners and viewers who don't know what telemedicine is, can you explain that to them and how that works? Sure. It's actually easier to use than Facebook. So <laughs> if you can do Facebook, uh, so it's what happens is as long as, you, as long as the individual has any type of device, whether or not like an iPhone, a Droid, anything where they could get video communication. A it laptop, has to be video, radio, right? They, yeah. It, well, yes, I do telephone appointments, but I, you know, I definitely predominantly focus on um, telemedicine yes. where I see them. So as long as they have any of those devices, I have to be behind a computer. Okay. And um, you know, they call me, I schedule the appointment, I get them the slot, and then they get uh, two emails, one from me, you know, having them fill out an intake package and one from the telemedicine 
people who do it. And basically they just have to hit a couple links. They log in and, you know, at their, they get multiple reminders. Right. And then at the time that they're due to see me, you know, the telemedicine people have it, you know, they hit a link and yeah, they're right there to me. It's and literally you, easier than Facebook. Yeah. And you find it uh, to be just as effective as face-to-face? Yeah. Sometimes more mm-hmm. and sometimes less. You know, yeah, it depends on the, the absolutely. case. Absolutely, absolutely. Because there's certain people that, you know, sometimes people are just relieved because they didn't have to fight through all the traffic and everything else to get right. there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So if you guys are just tuning in, um, you're listening to Get Mental Radio, and we are going to unpack and demystify psychotropic medications today. What, when, and why? Yeah. So um, why don't you start off, Jamie, by telling us generally, like, what are some of the reasons why you would prescribe medication? to a person. Okay. So when I heard you earlier saying, you know, um, people prescribe it because of a psychiatric disease, there's other situations where, um, individuals could be prescribed. That's not, you know, they don't exactly have to have a diagnosis. Yes. Thank Um, you for clarifying. Yeah. So for example, um, and I always try to explain things with analogies. So I tell people Tylenol is not just for, um, a headache. It's also for leg pain or knee pain or for a fever. Um, so, yeah, depression, anxiety, all of those reasons can be reasons to be on medication, schizophrenia, psychosis. Right. Uh, but, you know, definitely insomnia is a reason to consider being prescribed. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when women are going through menopause, their serotonin levels really, really drop. And getting on a SSRI, which is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, can really just help decrease hot flashes dramatically. So they don't have to have um, a psychiatric, you know, diagnosis for that. Uh, other than, you know, they're just going through menopause and they just need the extra serotonin in their body. You know, even like with gut issues, people can have like um, a lot of GI problems and there's lots and lots of serotonin receptors in our gut. And so taking an antidepressant can help, can really help stimulate gut activity uh, and help people with digestive problems as well. So, I mean, those are, I just wanted to cover those. Those are not as typical, but in addition to that, so, um, you know, people, you know, a lot of times people call you, you know, when they're in distress or in crisis. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I was telling um, an international student earlier this morning, she said, you know, what is the range of individuals that you care for? And I said, sometimes people come in in a complete crisis mm-hmm. and it ends up being you spend time with them. And it actually is a very um, easy problems, easy solutions. And then you see somebody else and, you know, they're kind of calm and quiet and, you know, maybe there's something a little going around. You really start talking to them and, you know, there's really a dam that's bursting behind the scenes. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. So, so situations in which someone would be prescribed medications, one of the first things that I always look for is um, how are people sleeping? So psychological autopsies show that 90% of people who committed suicide had some type of sleeping problem that they reported prior to committing suicide. So what is going on that someone's not sleeping? And that doesn't necessarily mean um, just psychiatric medications. You can do over-the-counter medications, melatonin. Right. Um, I'm huge into supplements, as you and I yes. have talked about one-on-one. Yes. Magnesium is my baby. I mm-hmm. love magnesium. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone should be on it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's good like, to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I, I put on my my website. I just put it out. So there's an example on the website where. What's some, your website, by the way? Um, it's San Diego Psych NP. San Diego PsychNP.com. You guys yeah. got to check that out yeah, because yeah. I'm telling you, I don't just endorse any psychiatrist or nurse practitioner um, because at Transcend Therapy, we're really big on 
people treating the whole person and not just their symptoms. And so when I talked to Jamie, that was one of the things I was really, really pleased about is that we have the same philosophy and approach when working with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So this one individual came to me and she had, it was a friend referral. Her, Her friend was my patient and um, she had went to see her PCM, and they said, you know, you have anxiety. And, you know, she really didn't feel like she had anxiety, so she wanted a second opinion. And she came to see me, and I really, you know, did a, an assessment and a workup. And I said, you know, I don't think you have anxiety either. I think that, you know, she had a really bad um, IBS issue, mm. and I got her on, you know, some high-dose magnesium, and that was it. You know, I only saw her two times. Wow. It was life-changing for her. You know, she's sent me <laughs> updates over the years. You yeah. know, she's doing really well, so... Um, again, you know, when somebody comes to me, I don't necessarily prescribe them medications. I talk to them about a lot of alternatives. You do a thorough assessment. Yes, exactly. And sometimes people have like an underlying physical health problem. There was a really Mm -hmm. good joke going around over Christmas and it said the Grinch, his heart was two sizes too small. Another (laughs) reason not to automatically refer to psych. So, I mean, that, you know, so that That was just kind of a joke, but like with her, it was just like, you know, her, her doctor was very frustrated because he couldn't get her situation under control yeah and it was just I happened to be really familiar with magnesium like you know let's get this under control with that right right um so you know that's one of the things so you know one of the things I really talked to people about are you sleeping why are you not sleeping what's going on and so then I would focus on their sleep hygiene their habits how much caffeine changing Mm -hmm. their lifestyle Mm -hmm. and if they are living a healthy lifestyle but they're still not sleeping what is going on Mm -hmm. you know is it sleeping medications is it you know serotonin levels up and down so you're very thoughtful thoughtful and careful when you prescribe. You don't just automatically assume you're going to walk out here with a prescription. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I tell people that, you know, because, you know, um, specialty care is not cheap. Neither is going to 13 years of school. Yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so I, t- I tell them that, you know, and I'm like, you know, I'll tell you all of your options. So like, you know, when individuals call me, they're like, well, how frequently do I have to see you? And I said, well, I'm going to work really hard to get you better as quickly as possible and then get you stable and not so often. Yeah. But, you know, then there's other people who do need to come more frequently. But, you know, there are situations in which, you know, someone's, you know, they just feel empty and hollow. Um, J.K. Rowling. Depressed. Yeah, J.K. Rowling did a really good interview with Oprah, and she said so many times people think that depression is just crying and sadness and Mm -hmm. grief, and it's not. She's like, depression is a hollow, emptied-out feeling. Mm -hmm. And so people like that, you know, and I'm I'm talking to them about their life, a lot of times they need to be on medication to jumpstart that. Just like when you go to physical therapy with a back injury, you also need some Motrin to help because you're going to be twisting and turning with pain. Right. So you kind of do need the antidepressant to help you. You know, someone's having really negative negative, dark thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, we need to talk about medications pretty soon. Right. Um, And I think you and I can probably agree that we see a lot of success, right? you know, more than um, problems when people are on medications. Because I think that's one of the things, at least for me anyway, in my practice, if they don't have any um, experience with medication or they've had a negative experience with medication, there's a lot of resistance to doing it again because of the side effects. But in actuality, I see people, more people get better than get worse. Can you talk a little bit about that to help our, our viewers understand, you know, the benefits of medication? Sure. Um, well, uh, there's a really, you know, first of all, the medication, um, there's a, a myth 
that it gets rid of your creativity. And so Lady Gaga just did an interview, and she's like, no, absolutely does not get rid of my creativity. You know, and she yes, talks about that being... Yes, that is so true about that. Right, man. exactly. So, you know, there's every great once in a while, that is a random side effect. You can have a side effect to anything. You know, you can have a side effect to certain foods, you right. know. And so that's uh, not always true, but... Uh, but there's there are rare cases where that can happen. Right, but but right. again, it's, it's the exception to the rule. Yes. So... Um, a good way that I always talk about it is if you think about a plant and it's getting sick and unhealthy and kind of turning brown, you put the food or you put the water on it, you put the, um, it out in sunlight, but the antidepressant is the fertilizer and it really kind of like helps it get better. And so, yeah. And a lot of times when you think about a plant, when you first put fertilizer on it, it kind of turns like orange color. Like initially the first few days is freaking out. What are you doing to me? And then it gets green and starts to flourish. And that's like, that's what's happening is your neurons are getting some food. They're getting movement. They're getting nutrients. Yes. Well, yeah, kind of, of. (laughs) you know, that could be an analogy, but Yeah. yeah. And you know, and you know, it's so, you know, they've done some, you know, brain scans. And I love to show people the science behind it. And if yes. you look at br- images of the brain, when someone is depressed, there's a small amount that is active. And that is getting up and doing your life. It's like, yep. I get up, take a shower, go to work, come home, eat dinner, yep. go to bed, repeat. And like, that's it. The yeah. part of your brain that has joy and hope and creativity and balance. That's just, it's just barely functioning. And so getting on the antidepressant really just kind of, you know, opens you up and heals your brain. You I know? love that. Yeah, just like, you know, like you have a headache, but you take Modrin, but then, oh, that shoulder pain just kind of went away as well. You know, yeah. like it's, yeah. Opens you up and heals yes. your brain. We're going to pause here okay. for a second and take a short break. Okay. I want you guys to ponder on that. What a what a great way to describe um, psychotropic meds. So okay. we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Got pain, inflammation, redness, stiff muscles? San Diego Cryotherapy can help. You'll feel the results immediately and with consistent use, you are sure to feel better. Using the benefits of cold therapy, San Diego Cryotherapy can help you heal naturally from injuries, speed up recovery from exercise, and support your overall wellness. Check out their infrared sauna and cryo tea shock. After a stressful day, the amazing infrared sauna will help you unplug, detox, and rejuvenate. Cryotherapy tea shock is the new craze in weight loss and body contouring. It can target stubborn areas and support your weight loss goals. People report amazing results in just a few sessions. Cryotherapy offers fitness, wellness, and beauty benefits to individuals striving to improve their overall well-being. Wouldn't you like to look and feel better? Explore the science and process behind cryotherapy at sandiegocryotherapy.com. Don't let the pain and inflammation hold you back. Start feeling and looking better today. Visit sandiegocryotherapy.com. That's sandiegocryotherapy.com. Welcome back, you guys. This is Cecile Aarons with Get Mental Radio. Thank you for being here this morning. Um, today, we have the lovely Miss Jamie Sorenson. Am I? Um, Sorenson. Yeah. Um, nurse practitioner uh, specializing in psychiatric care. Um, and we're talking about psychotropic medications, which I think there's a lot of misinformation out there in the community. So I'm really, really happy that we get to talk about this today with Jamie. So, Jamie. Um, I want us to talk a little bit about some of the myths versus the facts around me- these types of medications. Sure. So I'm going to go through my list. Okay. Okay. And then you tell me what you think are the facts are. Absolutely. Okay? So the first myth is that psychotropic medications are addictive. Okay. Is that true? Or is that, is that a myth? It's both. 
It's okay. Both. There's certain psychiatric medications, like for example, benzodiazepines. Yes. That can be highly addictive, like Xanax. Xanax, and mm-hmm. yes, and like you know, there's a lot of prescribers out there that are very anti anti um, Xanax, including myself. Uh, you know, so somebody will call me and like, oh, do you prescribe Xanax? And I'm like, well, I'm tapering you off of it. <laughs> or <laughs> um, you will if it's really the last resort. Really, really last resort or really, you know, very short-term solution. Yep. But yes, definitely that can be highly addictive. But most of it, it is not. It is not just like Motrin or Tylenol. And I think, you know, once people sit there and think like, once you're in physical pain and you take Tylenol and Motrin, you know, is that addictive? No, you just need it. Right. The day. And, and you, you feel the have, relief. Yes, exactly. And you kind of have to sit there and think, you know, with psychiatric medications that you need to take it as well. You need to feel the mental health relief of pain. Like if you're in distress, absolutely. Right. You know, the, the, so I think once where the myth kind of gets there is, you know, when you are fertilizing your brain with psychiatric medications, they say to take it over a period of time to be fully effective. So yes. the brain is surrounded by an incredible blood brain barrier that really, really protects what goes into our brain. You know, it's like we're breathing pollution, stuff like that. That stuff yeah. does, does not automatically hit our brain. Okay. So you have to take antidepressants over a period of time to really get your brain the therapeutic fertilized. benefits. So how long usually? Is um, it like three months? It's normally at least six months okay. to really get in there and heal your brain. So wow. again, like whenever you have a brain scan and they've done brain scans where they'll show someone's brain when they're first depressed and then six months after medication wow. and then also after therapy. So actually they find after like about a year, year and a half of therapy, the brain's actually, so in, in control subjects, so people just got, they stayed depressed, yep. people just got medication and then people got... Um, just therapy or just therapy and medication. So long-term brain strengths was the therapy alone. Um, that and the therapy and medication. It wasn't yeah. just the medication alone. I I, I have to correct that. Yes. But um, you know, the brain, you know, like the person really kind of figured out a lot of things and really changed the way they thought and went about life, changed, and changed their lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But um they your brain really just flourishes and you can see it on brain scans. So this is research, yeah. guys, evidence-based, yes, 100% scientific. It's not just something that, um, you know, the psychiatric community is making up, right? right. So yeah, that's, absolutely. that's the one thing I want people to, yeah, to realize absolutely. is that these meds work. Uh, the side effects are rare. Right. And they are, there's very little of them that are addictive. And that, that's the class of medications called benzodiapines. Right, for the most part. Yep. Benzodiazepines. Diazepines. So there like Xanax, Ativan, Clonidine, you know, and a little bit, you know, is sometimes necessary. Yes. You know, yes. like for example. Um, if you're time, not abusing it. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. can you be know, really helpful. Some, you know, when I worked in oncology, I would see, you know, somebody just lost their spouse. So, you know, to help them get by that week so they're not having so many panic attacks in addition to planning the funeral, in addition to, yes. you know, changing their lifestyle completely. Absolutely. You know, they just needed something to help them. It didn't mean they're not sad. Didn't right. mean they didn't grieve. Didn't mean they don't care. Right. It's just, you know, you can... We all need that nudge yes, or that exactly, support. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. So if you guys are just tuning in, you're listening to Get Mental Radio here on The Answer San Diego. I'm your host, Cecile Ahrens, uh, owner of Transcend Therapy Private Practice in San Diego, California. And we are with Miss Jamie Sorensen, a psychiatric nurse practitioner who has a practice in uh, Coronado. Um, and tell us again what your website is, Jamie. Uh, San Diego Psych NP. So uh, San Diego Psych NP. Yeah. So dot com. S Y C H N P. Yeah. For nurse practitioner dot com. Yes. Great. 
Um, so second myth sure. that uh, I want us to uh, unpack here. If a drug has worked for my friends, it, it will work for me. Um, not always, right? Not always. Well, and like if your friends happen to be like a close first degree relative. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> there might be a slight better chance. Yes. Um, you know, I really kind of look at the individual, you know, and, you know, like, have you taken anything in the past? Mm-hmm. What worked for you in the past? What didn't work for you in the past? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know. Because everybody's chemistry everyone, is different. Absolutely. And now they have like DNA tests, um, and I'm not doing that at this time. Some people say that that's the best way to, you know, choose a, a medication. Okay. Um, but what I do is I, you know, I st- when I first see a patient, I'm, I'm very um, involved in their care. Yes. Um, and I really want to know, how's it working for you? Yep. And just like, you know, the plant analogy with antidepressants, there can be, you know, some side effects. Um, and we'll talk about the sexual side effects in just a quick second. Yes, please, because that's um, a big one. That is a big one. Um, and, you know, given the fact that I was in the military for 25 years and most of my patients were young men, mm. you know, that was really something that I really did not want to impact when I was giving them medication. So yes. I, I'm, I'm assessing them and seeing, you know, how is the medication affecting you? So uh, the so I asked them, you know, so like the first week, you know, like a lot of times people feel sick. And I say, you know, like when you think about the plant that's kind of turning orange and brown the first day with fertilizer, that's what's happening to your brain. It's like, what's happening to me? Mm-hmm. And then you typically get feeling better. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, GI side effects the first week, you know, whether or not it's nausea, a little diarrhea or whatever, that's normal. Your body's like, oh, I'm getting this and I'm not used to it, yes. but it's just kind it's of adjusting. like- Yes, exactly. Even yeah. like when first someone first starts insulin, they start to get their blood sugar normalized. Their body kind of acts different and doesn't always know what to do. You know, mm-hmm. just like, you know, sometimes people, you know, get effects for dialysis when their blood's being cleaned out. You know, like yes. good things can sometimes come with side effects. When people go from a, you know, crappy diet to yeah. all healthy, you mm-hmm. know, like their body kind of freaks out as well, as mm-hmm. well then. But, you know, there are some side effects. So, for example, you know, SSRIs, which is, you know, some of the more common antidepressants, mm-hmm. sexual side effects can be, you know, from almost nothing to about 30%. But, you know, if that person is in the 30% category, there are medications and there's ways to take it that the individual can still have a normal, healthy sex life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, like, for example, if I was to prescribe someone Zoloft. Right. And, you know, the person was to come back to me and say, I my I don't have a sex drive anymore, but I haven't been ha- happy, and now I'm happy, and I'm not depressed, so I don't care about my sex drive. I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad that you're okay on Zoloft, but let me add a little bit of Wellbutrin IR to block the sexual side effects. Right. And so it's like they get the combination of both of them, so they still have the libido, but their depression or anxiety is it's remarkably awesome. improved. Right. You know, and like. I- and yeah. I think, you know, for some people, mm-hmm. that's part of their concern is that, oh, now I'm on all these meds, yeah. right? right? Now they're, they're going, uh, certainly I'm talking about experiences I've had with clients yeah. who are like, oh, now I'm going <laughs> to have to take something else for the sexual side effects. I don't know that I want to do all of yeah. that. And so part of <clears throat> our work in session is to just continue to educate them and talk about the benefits versus <clears throat> the risks. You know, if you're Absolutely. feeling better, like, why not? Right, exactly, exactly. I take like 20 vitamins every morning, you know? <laughs> That's yeah, true. It's necessary. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so um, the other myth that I want us to unpack is supplements are effective for managing symptoms. Uh, sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes, absolutely. So saffron, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not mm-hmm. a nutritionist, so I'm not a nutritional expert, right. but there's a lot of evidence that people 
um, can use like saffron supplements. So for example, I take saffron myself every morning. Mm-hmm. There's a myth that that's very expensive. So twenty day, $20 buys a 90 day supply on Amazon for a good quality saffron supplement. Okay. And that has been proven to really activate serotonin in the brain. Nice. Yeah. So those are some things I talk to my, my patients about as well, mm-hmm. but there's definitely certain medical needs that cannot be, you know, managed just like, or like supplements that. can't Absolutely. Uh, can't reach those right. types of symptoms. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like, you know, diabetes, you know, you, you know, you may be able to control it with diet and exercise and lifestyle, yeah. or you may need to be on medication Yeah. Um, or maybe a combination of both. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Um, another, I'm not mi- too black and white. I'm kind of like, I you love know. <laughs> it. That's why, that's why I, I, that's why I invited you on the yeah. show because when I read your bio and your profile, yeah. I'm like, this is exactly the kind of yeah. nurse practitioner I want to refer people to. And yeah. I also want people, I want her to talk about this subject. So sure. it actually does demystify it and, um, just kind of, you know, lower the guard down when it comes to medications. Cause Absolutely. there's so much, like I said, misinformation and resistance and bad press that medications uh, get. Actually. And one of the things I do is I have a drug book that I really love and I, I lay it out in front of the patients. Mm. Like, this is your side effects. This is your chance. This is the percentage. This is what it can do for you. This is what it's proven. Well, you know, these are your options. You're really trying what to would make, you like that to do? Yeah. Give I, them I, an informed, make an informed decision about it. Right. I'm not going to be like, oh, here's your prescription. Goodbye. You yeah. Know? Absolutely not. I'm like, these are your options. What would you like to do? Because you have to have so much buy-in with your patients. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. the relationship. We were talking about absolutely. this offline. The therapeutic relationship. And I think, you know, that's one of the other things, too. I hear this all the time with my clients is that, oh, my psychiatrist doesn't seem like they care or they're not, they don't really talk to me. I'm just in and out, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't really care about what's happening in my life. They just want to, like, refill the meds. And wh- that's the one thing I love about you is sure. that you are actually wanting to hear about their life and you care about them as a person. Sure. And the symptoms are just a part of the story. Right. Right. You know? I have to work within my ethics, you know, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, you know, I have to treat somebody the way I'd want to be treated. Yes. So guys, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Get Mental Radio. I have nurse psych practitioner here, Miss Jamie Sorensen. You can visit her website at San Diego com um, for more information about where she is, how she practices and her philosophy on working with people and her uh, practice is in Coronado. Mm-hmm. Very, very seasoned, very experienced, very compassionate um, uh, practitioner. So I'm so happy you're here today. The, f- the next myth is um, once I start feeling better, I can stop taking my medication. This happens all the time in, in my experience with sure. patients. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, sometimes a plant is going to need fertilizer forever. And sometimes, you know, it's healthy with the sun and the, the soil and everything as it is. So, you know, after like someone's been on a medication for like six months or a year and they say, I want to come off. I'm like, okay, let's, let's see how you do. We'll, you know, start to taper you off the medication if needed mm-hmm. and then see how you're feeling then. Mm-hmm. And if we need to put you back on the medication, let's do it. Right. So um, you're very open to that. Absolutely. So both ways, both ways. But you know, it's like a lot of times people will say, Oh, I feel better. I don't need to do anything now. You know, you know, especially like with schizophrenia or with bipolar. Right. I was going to say, doesn't it depend on the diagnosis and the mental health condition? Right. Right. So exactly. Like, especially like bipolar disorder, because people really enjoy the hypomania, the the energy and how creativity. Exactly. Yeah. But then the mania, that's where, you know, life really gets destroyed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and then it's like, you know, when you have true bipolar disorder, you really can't control when those manic episodes come. Right. So unless you're constantly keeping your mood stable, 
the manic episodes can be devastating. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, you know, and I'm talking about people crashing in cars, you know, spending $10,000 oh. on impulse, yep. hypersexual activity. Mm. High risk um, behaviors. Very high risk. You know, Gambling thousands of dollars. Yep. yep. Suicide, you know, just thinking that you're invincible, jumping off a building. And like, <laughs> you know, it's things like that. And it's like not that. their fault. Right. Like it's their how brain their brain is, is wired. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. just, yeah, they're just all of a sudden think that. So situations like that, it's like, I get that you're feeling better and, you know, but we need These to are the risks. Yeah, this yeah. is the risk. Exactly. And I, well, yeah, I did a lot of training in the prison and I seen a lot of people and it was like their mania had been out of control. And they end up in jail. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So is it That's better to reality. take a medication all the time or? Yeah. Or end up in jail. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a lady one time in jail um, in her 50s. Um, she's like 57 years old and um, never, ever broke a law, nothing. And then she started randomly stealing little benign stuff from you know, grocery stores. And I'm like, what was going on? And so, you know, the thing was, I traced it back to, you know, it all started when she started going through menopause, oh. you know? And so it's like, did anyone even think to offer you an antidepressant or check your hormones or put you on hormone replacement therapy? Yeah. You know, so right away I got her on a, you know, antidepressant, you know, it's like, let's just get you kind of normalized. This is not normal behavior. So right. it was the menopause kicking in. So hormones are huge, huge. And, and antidepressants can really affect brain hormones in a very positive way, including something for like menopause. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to take another short break. Thank you for being here. When we return, we will continue this conversation demystifying psychotropic medications. Supporting local business isn't always convenient, but at Ortiz Market, it is. Ortiz Market has all your shopping needs right at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido. They're family-owned and operated and feature a huge selection of local beverages. And if they don't have what you're looking for, they'll order it for you. That means you can get what you want without the long lines you find at big-name supermarkets. The best part is they care about serving our community and are here to join the fight to destigmatize mental health and let people know you are not alone. Visit Ortiz Market today at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido. Welcome back, you guys. This is Cecile Aarons, uh, your host. You're listening to Get Mental Radio. And I am with Jamie Sorensen, psych nurse practitioner, um, former Navy, uh, very accomplished, very seasoned uh, psych practitioner. And today we are talking about psychotropic medications. Some people call it psych meds or psychiatric medications. We're unpacking it, demystifying it, because there is a lot of misunderstanding and stigma around people taking medications. So that's, that's what we're doing this morning. So thank you for being here, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. So I want to just uh, have the viewers get to know you a little bit more. Tell us about what led you to be interested in psychiatry Uh and why you decided to open up your own practice. Right. Well, I mean... I always wanted to be an accountant growing up, so it's a big <laughs> change, right? So, um, change. yeah, from 18 to 21, I had three profound losses to death of people mm. close to me. Like my grandmother who had raised me um, died, you know, kind of abruptly of cancer. It was kind of unexpected. And um, so I was like, just taking psychology classes just to kind of help with the grief. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is really fascinating. And, mm-hmm. you know, then I decided I'm too much of a busy body, so I got into nursing. And then it was like, but then in nursing, I knew that I needed to get back in psychiatric um, care because there's more time. You know, I, would ta- I remember like very profoundly, I was taking care of, um, I was working in oncology and I was taking care of a lady and she kept hitting the call bell. And it was a night where I was supposed to be the charge nurse, m- no more than four patients. 
And uh, I had eight patients because people had called out sick. It was bad weather in Virginia. Wow. And, um, you know, one of the, you know, there was people dying, touch, touch and go. It was pretty bad. Like somebody's wow. artery had busted, you know, and it was maximum work. And so this lady kept calling me in her room and she wanted to talk to me about the fact that she was dying and her husband had already died and she had a nine and 13 year old and she was leaving them as orphans. And she knew that normally I would take the time to listen. Mm -hmm. But like, as I was listening to her, the woman would come in and be like, somebody's artery just busted. And so I kept leaving and she was so mad at me. And I'm like, you know what? I, I have to give people who need the time, the time. Yes. And I remember I was working in med surge one time and this lady had severe asthma and I, you know, I just went in there and I, you know, just really would kind of just go and talk to the individual. And they're like, we don't know why we can't get her asthma. She hasn't really said anything. So I was kind of in there for a while, you know, really making sure, you know, getting her good air treatment. And she said she had just seen her husband and her son get shot in front of her. Like, like, and then that oh sent her gosh. into such a Trauma. panic attack. Yeah. And they took her to the emergency room, but she wasn't able to talk and advocate for herself because she couldn't breathe. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, she needs a, you know, so she, you know, she had, she was Catholic. We got a chaplain and Catholic priest in there and just gave her the time to talk it out. But so much was going on was psychological, but it was like, oh, here's your breathing treatment. And it's like, you know, that's the disconnect. Yeah. 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 But I mean, and again, too, like, you know, the paramedics had picked her up, yeah. you know, no report. You know, people didn't know what had happened because she couldn't even communicate. Yeah. Because she was having such bad asthma, she couldn't breathe. And then, like, she'd just gotten it out. So you just started recognizing how big kind of someone's psychological, you know, uh, distress really plays oh, yeah. a role in the way they function. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And just giving them the time to talk it out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's actually one of the myths about, or the, not, not so much a myth, but one of the, the issues that people have when they see somebody who prescribes medications is that they believe that they're really not going to take the time to talk to me. But you're not that way. You don't practice that way. Right. So the first appointment is a full hour, I the imagine. The first patient is a full hour. The first yeah. appointment. Sometimes then, I go over. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know what you mean. And then the follow-ups are 30 minutes. Right. And you could do face-to-face -face or telemedicine, like yep. we talked about earlier, which is video sessions. If you live in California, yep. similar to Transcend yep. Therapy, we can help you. You don't have yep. to be a resident of San Diego as long as you're a resident of California. Right. Or even like just stopping through, like if you're in crisis, like you're in Los Angeles and you're like, I'm in crisis and I'm just here for the week and right. I call. So the patient has to physically be in California. Yes. During the time that we provide care. Okay. Yeah. And what's the best way to reach you and contact you? Um, well, my phone number, my business number, which is 619-613-1486. Um, six one nine six one three one four eight six. And if you also need more information, they can always go to your website. Yep, San Diego Psych NP. Com. Right. And that sends messages and emails and I read all of them. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I have an email address, which is um, San Diego. Or I'm sorry, Jamie.Sornson uh, at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And my last name's S-O-R-E-N-S-O-N. -S -S and then Jamie, J-A-M-I-E. Yeah. Yes. So it's jamie.sornsonpsychnp at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay, great. And so I want to talk about a book now sure. that you wrote. So Jamie here is multi-talented. She's also an author. She wrote a book called Why You Tried to Kill Yourself. I know that sounds really heavy for you guys this morning, <laughs> but, you know, we are talking about mental health. This is a mental health show. And so uh, tell us about this book and what inspired you to write about it. Sure. Well, I had just come back from overseas um, and I, I had a little bit of PTSD. Mm -hmm. um, and I Thank was you really, for your yeah, openness. Yeah, I did. And I was just really, really angry about 
providers struggle too, you guys. Like exactly. I said, we all have issues. Yeah, and mine was from like really abusive leadership that I, you know, when you're overseas, you're kind of isolated yes. and alone. I hear this a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so I was really just writing a lot about bullies and how they can hurt and harm people. And I contacted a publisher and uh, he, you know, we talked a lot on the phone and he was right. I, and I knew it. I was too angry to release a book about bullying at that time. But he's like, you know, but you've done so much work with suicide prevention. And to me, like, you know, when, just like with you in therapy, mm-hmm. like helping people, it becomes so ingrained in you that you just it's think just it's like common sense. Every like, day. Everybody knows that, yes, right? Everybody yes. knows that. It's like, so the fact that I did suicide prevention didn't even really register with me because it's, you know, it's just what I do, you yeah. know? And he's like, no, 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 you need to write this book. And so I wrote it. Um, and I really, I was really thinking about um, young men when I was writing the book Mm -hmm. and I wanted it to have a provocative title but it's interesting because a lot of the people who've gotten a hold of me and told me they really liked it have been 50 plus Wow! so I wanted it to have the provocative title so it's actually a statement in the book she's like I think I know why you tried to kill yourself so it's a statement this is why you tried but it's actually very inspirational and um it's very motivational so um so this book is about suicide depression Yeah, and dealing with it. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's about a young man who lives this very inauthentic life and feels like he cannot be himself. And so, you know, he does everything he thinks is expected of him, Mm -hmm. you know, lives this perfect life. So, um, and on the outside, he looks okay, but on the inside, he's dying. Yeah. And so when he goes to, when he tries to kill himself and he goes to a psych ward, um, you know, the nurse or whatever they have, you know, they see this all the time, you know, somebody oh, walks yes. in and, you know, you read people, you read their body language, you read mm-hmm. everything that's going around with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she kind of, she sees through everything and she mm-hmm. sees the very authentic nature of who he is. And he's a very good person. Just, he's just living his life to please everybody except himself. Mm-hmm. And she kind of gets him on a path to being the person he was meant to be and letting him know that that was okay. So and it's, it's like, that, there, well, we don't want to, Spoiler alert. Yeah. We, won't, we don't want to tell you how the book ends, but... But it's, it, it's, 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 it's an inspirational. Message. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And where can people get this book if they want to read it? Um, Amazon. On Amazon? Amazon, usually. Okay. I mean, it's on Goodreads and other places too, but Amazon's always so easy. Yeah. Yes. So on Amazon, if you want to check it out, it's called yeah. Why You Tried to Kill Yourself, a book that Miss um, Jamie Sorensen wrote. So this is why she's on the show. She's multi-talented and she's just not your regular, you know, um, practitioner. She actually, I'm not, I'm not saying other people don't care, but it's like, there's a depth, there's yeah. a depth to you and you really do want to help. So, well, same with you, same Aww. with you. Absolutely. And you have thank incredible you. energy. So, oh, thank yes. you so much. Thank you so much. So if you guys are just tuning in, you're listening to Get Mental Radio. This is Cecile Aaron's owner of Transcend Therapy. And we're talking about psychotropic medications, but we took a little detour to talk about Jamie's uh, book on suicide, which uh-huh. now I just want to talk to you a little bit about depression and suicidality so that sure. people understand, you know, this phenomenon and, you know, that people don't just choose to off themselves right. or kill themselves, that depression is, a, for some people, a serious mental illness. Right. And that suicidality is part of the dysfunction of the brain. Right. 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 And that's where medications can be helpful. Right. Can you talk more about that? Sure. Actually, I've just opened up the book at the same time because there's a quote in the back of it, and it says, people who die by suicide don't want to end their lives. They want to end their pain. Absolutely. Uh, so I do a lot of suicide prevention talks, um, secondary to writing the book. You know, like, you never know. You go down a path, and it's like, um, all of a sudden, uh, you know, something 
happens as a result and of get, and so yeah. I got asked by a lot of universities to give these talks so uh, you know suicide it's very complicated it's very complex mm-hmm. you know like somebody will say I didn't know why that com- person committed suicide and for me like there's so many psychological reasons yes. going on yes um, depression is a huge one and mm-hmm. a lot of times people don't realize it's you know, it's once you start feeling a little bit better from depression, that's when you have the energy to commit suicide. Because when you're just right. laying in bed depressed, you're, you know, it's like, I'm, I just can't even move. So that's where people can become more suicidal, right? right that's exactly. part of, but that's not actually necessarily a bad thing. Meaning right. that's part of them getting better. And so there's that tricky balance you that guys energy. have to. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then I think it's important that people know that, um, and in my suicide prevention lecture, and it's on YouTube, uh, that people um, commit suicide sometimes when they're not depressed. It can be impulsive. They get the divorce yes. paper. They yes. get the fine, you know, you just went bankrupt. You just got fired. Yes. Um, so there's other reasons as well, but definitely depression. And then anxiety is huge. People's like, huge. I just cannot handle huge. another panic attack. Yeah. 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 So we're going to take another short break. Okay. Um, this conversation is just <laughs> flying. Um, so when we return, we're going to continue this conversation on psychotropic medications and also going to share with you some success stories. So okay. bye. Uh, don't go anywhere. Okay. Got pain, inflammation, redness, stiff muscles? San Diego Cryotherapy can help. You'll feel the results immediately and with consistent use, you are sure to feel better. Using the benefits of cold therapy, San Diego Cryotherapy can help you heal naturally from injuries, speed up recovery from exercise, and support your overall wellness. Check out their infrared sauna and cryo tea shock. After a stressful day, the amazing infrared sauna will help you unplug, detox, and rejuvenate. Cryotherapy tea shock is the new craze in weight loss and body contouring. It can target stubborn areas and support your weight loss goals. People report amazing results in just a few sessions. Cryotherapy offers fitness, wellness, and beauty benefits to individuals striving to improve their overall well-being. Wouldn't you like to look and feel better? Explore the science and process behind cryotherapy at sandiegocryotherapy.com. Don't let the pain and inflammation hold you back. Start feeling and looking better today. Visit sandiegocryotherapy.com. That's sandiegocryotherapy.com. Welcome back, you guys. This is Aaron's Get Mental Radio. Thank you for being with us this morning. We are talking about psychotropic medications, demystifying it, unpacking it, um, letting people know what it's really about. And with us today is Miss Jamie Sorensen, um, a Navy veteran, very seasoned, highly trained nurse practitioner, uh, providing uh, services in Coronado. She has a private practice. You can visit her website at sandiegopsychnp.com for more information about her and how she works with people and what the process entails. So welcome back, uh, Jamie. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Yeah. So we just got done talking about, you know, the myths, the benefits, the risks, the side effects, all things psychotropic medications. And if you missed any of it, I highly recommend you check out our podcast, Get Mental, anywhere you listen to your podcast, um, to listen to the rest of this show, because there's really some valuable, good information um, that that we've discussed here. So Jamie... I'd love to talk about some success stories because okay. I think, you know, I'll, oftentimes people don't hear about how medica- psych medications have been actually life-changing and helpful for people. They only hear about, like, the bad stuff or the, the 
the wrong stuff. Right, right. So what are some stories you can share with us? Well, I think, you know, I think psychotropic medications are the most prescribed medications in all of the country. And I think people don't even realize how many medical professionals are on um, psychotropic medications. Right. So, you know, people will have, you know, a bit of depression and, you know, they're still working, they're still getting by, but it's like, they're doing it with a, you know, a hundred pound rock on their back. And it's like, Oh, you know, it's just like, you know, I didn't realize I didn't need to do that. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, some of the things I hear is like, you know, I'll start talking to somebody about, you know, their life and, you know, when was the last time that you laughed? When was the last time that you turned music on while you were in the bathroom doing your hair and your makeup and kind of danced around? Mm-hmm. When was that? And it's like, you know, like they forgot that they had joy and passion in their life yes. before. So to see somebody, you know, start to get that back, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, you know, they're just kind of, they come in and it's just kind of sometimes Flat. like a hollow, yeah, hollow shell. And it's just all of a sudden it's like they start to grow and come back alive and feel good again. Right. Um, you know, so I've had several stories about that. You know, being overseas, you know, I, I treated a lot of, you know, dependent wives and they would be over there and alone and isolated. And, you know, loneliness is horrible. Oh, my You know, gosh. and it plays a huge role in depression mm-hmm. and anxiety. And, you know, schizophrenia, it's horrible. Um, yes. Uh, you know, like, you know, especially when someone has like schizophrenia and they don't have anyone to chat with. You know, people are like, oh, they're weird. We just avoid them. The loneliness profounds the disease so yes. much more than it would be otherwise. Um but, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking, you know, of stories, like there's so many there's going so through many. my brain, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying yeah. to figure out just one. Um, but, I, you know, I can think of, you know, like the mom who's at home alone with her kids, just, you know, kind of angry, but also sad and kind of isolated, doesn't really care, you know, stop doing her hair, you know, wearing yep. sweats and the dirty shirt and stuff like that. And she gets, you know, it's like, she doesn't realize that she's depressed. Right. You know? Or how small their world has gotten. Sometimes right. they don't even know until they right. talk to a healthcare provider. Right, right. And a lot of times they go in to see their PCM with their pediatrician and sometimes, you know, they'll be a student like, well, are you okay? Maybe you should talk to somebody. They'll come mm-hmm. in like, I don't really know why I'm here. You know, mm-hmm. my, my son's pediatrician said to be here. But it's like, you know, you, you start talking to them like, well, you know, I do think you're kind of depressed. And I show them the pictures of the brain scan. I mm. talk to them. A lot of times mm. I give them YouTube videos. Like, well, why don't you go watch this? And I see love if- that. You actually yeah. show them the brain scans. I think that's so oh, yeah. powerful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, like in my most of my offices, I keep pictures up. Up, yeah, absolutely. And then I Google it and I show up right then and there. So, like for example, if our listeners right yeah. now are listening, you can go on to Google and put depression brain scans, yeah, and it'll show up pictures of before and after. I so love you know, that. so then you know, you start giving someone depression, they start getting involved into the community, they start getting involved in um, doing things, they start taking yep. care of themselves, they start exercising, getting back into their life, yeah, slowly and, but surely. Exactly. So one of the one of my favorite stories. Um, and I, I hope this is not too long, and I, I have to be kind of, um, obviously, I have to protect people's confidentiality. confidentiality yeah. But this person had gotten into a lot of problems, and she was really good at kind of manipulating people ah. and really cute and everything. And she know, knew I saw right through her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I saw right through her crap. And it's like, I see you for who you are, yep. and you're not going to play me. I know what you're doing. Me. Yeah. And, you know, she really had some really anti-social behavior and traits. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, this is the deal. And I set very, very, very strict boundaries. And I put her on medication. And I said, you know, if you are not treatment compliant, I will not take care of you, you know, because she was getting into such trouble. And so every week she had to show up and I gave her a lot of homework. And, you know, at the end, she said to me, um, you know, she was, she was quite young. She's like, 
you know, I feel kind of like your kid. And she's like, I kind of feel like I needed a mom. And I said, well, you're not my kid. But um, I said, but I'm really proud of you. I'm so proud of the person you became because she went from breaking the law to being so involved in the community and taking that energy and redirecting yes, it. Yes. And I would be like, if I hear anything, you know, yeah. but it was just... What I, was her condition that you needed medication? Um, if, She just like, so depression can present differently. Some people yes. it's a hollow out, some people it's rage. Yes. So she had a lot of rage. Yes. Um, but That's was, an important distinction, by the way. Yes. I just want to pause right. because I think a lot of people don't realize that depression can look like rage. Right. They always think it's like kind of like you're right. down, you're blue, low energy. Right. It could actually be the opposite. Right. And so when she would have rage outbursts, she was very violent and yeah. acting out. And mm-hmm. I'm like, if you get in trouble one time, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, you know, she really just kind of changed. And, um, you know, the antidepressant really mellowed her out. Leveled her. But it didn't take away her personality energy or well and her personality she just it, she got to just be the best version of herself she wasn't just seen as this angry bitter person right and uh yeah so she she started giving back to society instead of like oh society is responding to another domestic disturbance call because of you yes yeah. yes and i mean great point again because medications given to the uh, the right medications given to a person at the right time can really be de- uh, detrimental in breaking a certain cycle for right. them, right? Cycle of violence, cycle of incarceration, right. cycle of abuse, whatever it is. That's right. how powerful these medications can be. Absolutely. You know, so then I, you know, I did my um, grad and post-grad training in the prisons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw so many people who had psychiatric issues. And so, you know, sometimes I come across this tough. Absolutely. Um, If you're just tuning in, guys, you're listening to Get Mental Radio. Uh, This is Cecile Ahrens, your host. I'm talking with um, the very lovely Jamie Sorensen, psych nurse practitioner. Visit her website at sandiegopsychnp.com. She prescribes psychotropic medications, so very similar to how a psychiatrist would be functioning, except she's a Nurse nurse practitioner. And um, she's here with us today, uh, demystifying and unpacking psychotropic medications. And if you've missed any of it, please go to our podcast, Get Mental, because I'm telling you, um, there's a lot of really good information uh, that we have discussed today. I do want to share a a success story um, of a patient that uh, was really resistant on taking psychotropic medications. She came in at the worst... uh, part of her panic disorder mm-hmm. where her world was already very small, could not drive, could not do anything, could not go anywhere. And she uh, had to be driven to my office twice a week, first by her spouse. So that was very disruptive to the family. And then by her mother. Fast forward to today, um, because, you know, medication I knew was had to be a part of her treatment. Mm-hmm. She started with 25 milligrams, even though the prescription was 50 <laughs> Yeah. And then the prescription had to be 75. So she went to like 50. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. the prescription had to be 100. So she's like, you know, so yeah. my point is like yeah. she was really wrestling with this yeah. whole thing, but she was seeing improvement. And right. now she's at 100 milligrams of a Zoloft. And she, her, I mean, she's like a different person. Right. You know, she's starting to drive again. She's, she's got a job. She's actually supporting her family through a crisis, whereas right. before she would completely be the one who needed support. Right. So it was literally life-changing. I just want to share that with you guys so that, you know, you understand, like, these things we don't recommend lightly. And oftentimes at Transcend Therapy, it's the last resort, mm-hmm. you know, when we recommend somebody uh, get a medication evaluation. 
and that you can trust us. You can trust the industry. We don't just do this to make it easier on us. Right. We do this so because we really are invested in your growth and your healing, and we want to see you feel better and do better. Right, exactly, exactly. You know? And years of education, 13 years of education right here in front of me is Jamie. Just yeah. about learning about the body and the mind, the brain, and the medications. So this is, this is a, a real science. I Absolutely. just, you know, I'm just so passionate about demystifying it. Absolutely. Well, and the other thing is people say, well, it's not natural. I'm like, well, you know, it's not natural to sit in an office all day without being in the sunlight. It's not natural to work, you know, 60 hours a week, 40 hours a week. You know, it's, you know, we came from caveman, yes. you know, we're supposed to be going home to the cave and then out pit, picking, like, you know, being nurturing and, you know, hunting, gathering, like right. that's, that's our nature. So unless you're doing that, you know. <laughs> You know, you're working in this building and you're driving a car, yep. you know, and you're watching TV. That's mm-hmm. not natural. Mm-hmm. So we're going against nature. So sometimes it's like, you know, our our body and the way we were designed change, yeah. you know, sometimes we have to change our chemistry to kind of keep up with it. With the well. change of in Absolutely. modern times. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if you just compare it to another medication, you know. Right. Right. And I treat a lot of gut health as well. So a lot of... You know, there's a lot of serotonin receptors in our in our gut, you know, and getting gut health is so, so important. Yeah, and that's another yeah. topic, guys, gut health. Yeah, it's absolutely. kind of the, the new thing as yeah. far as like overall health. But we have reached the end of our okay. show, believe it or not. This went by so fast. Um, I may need to have you here again <laughs> to continue this conversation. But this is, uh, again, Jamie Sorensen, nurse practitioner. Visit her website, sandiegopsychnp.com, to learn more about how she works with people, her approach, um, and the location of the practice is in Coronado, California. But she can provide telehealth. That's predominant. Predominantly telehealth. Predominantly yeah. telehealth. Even for people here in San Diego, yeah. Yes. They're like, yeah. I just don't want to commute. I don't want to drive. You don't I'm even like, have okay. to leave your house. Right. Save some time. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there you guys, there you have it, guys. That concludes our show for today. Thank you again for being here, Jamie. It's my honor. Um, well, it's a privilege to be here. And thank you for all you do and your incredible mm-hmm. energy and your com- incredible passion and just doing everything you do to get mental health education out to people. It's so needed. So oh, thank you thank very you. much. Thank you. Thank yes. you for recognizing that. And so that's it, guys. Uh, Like I always say, be well, be gentle, get mental, because we all have issues. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today on Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. To learn more about Cecile, become a sponsor or guest on Get Mental, or if you have any questions about mental health, visit TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Join us next week at this same time for more talk on all things mental health on Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens.